Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. We provide news, commentary, and reviews for all types of nerds, from the hardcore to the casual. What's up, my nerds? Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. We're here to talk about The Bad Batch Season 2. And I've got my fellow co-host with me, my fellow clone trooper. Uh, are you a, a clone trooper, clone commando, something else? What's your favorite type of clone, Harry? I think uh, clone commando. It's clone commando. One of my favorites. Okay. Got my fellow clone commando here, Harry. <laughs> Hi, all. How you doing today, Harry? Doing great. How, how are here. Yeah. How are things uh, in the Midwest? Are you Midwest or... Yeah, yeah, solidly Midwest. Okay. Um, we had a b- bad batch of weather yeah. roll through here today, but we missed the worst <laughs> of it, so cool. no worries. Staying warm. And dry. And dry. Awesome. So we're here to talk about chapter, what is it? I'm thinking... Episode 12. 12, yeah. Episode 12 of The Bad Batch Season 2 called The Outpost. And this was a pretty good episode. Um, it's pretty simple in, in story structure, right? It's a short story that takes over place pretty quickly, but uh, a lot of content, a lot of uh, meat in this episode. So I stuff that I was wanting to see personally for, you know, throughout the season, and, and we got it here and there. And this was kind of the crux of Crosshair's story, Crosshair's journey in this um season at least so for you harry in a just a couple sentences kind of over you what did you think of this episode the outpost um this might have been one of my favorite episodes um just seeing crosshairs um i don't know progress or journey in his in his arc um mm-hmm. was really cool and it was a tight well-written story and uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool i really liked it yeah i agree uh i enjoyed it as well and it is a just a breadcrumb in the journey, and I like it was a big breadcrumb. Sometimes they're very subtle about the, this character development of these guys, these characters, uh, but this one was not so subtle. It was pretty big, so I liked it. Uh, we'd like to invite you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and uh, like this video, comment on the video what you liked about this episode if you did. If you didn't, tell us why. But that helps us out a lot, just to get more subscribers, get more uh, interactions with, with listeners and viewers so that we can you know, reach a broader audience. So we'd really appreciate if you guys you know, are listening, are watching, just, you know, it takes five seconds of that to subscribe to the channel. We'd appreciate it. Uh, try to put out some good content. If you like Star Wars, we do a lot of Star Wars reviews. Uh, so definitely do that. It helps us out, like I said, so do that real quick we appreciate it so um but back to the episode so crosshair's journey so far this this season has been he becomes he was highly favored by uh rampart admiral rampart right uh, he's doing some some secret missions kind of on the the top of the list for him but then he falls out of favor when with the commander cody episode where he be basically is blacklisted was the impression I got and kind of uh, relegated to just the norm, the normal missions. 
And so this is where we find him uh, this time. He's assigned to help out um, an Imperial officer. What was his name again? Uh, Lieutenant Nolan. Lieutenant Nolan. To help him out, they're going to go to this outpost. Uh, they need some support, some reinforcements, and the Imperials are going to come pick up a shipment of items, some cargo that the, this uh, clone trooper regiment has been guarding uh, on this planet. And so they're going to come pick it up, but they need some help right now. So they're going to go take care of that. And so they're on Coruscant getting on the ship, and there's a little confrontation between um, Crosshair and the Imperial. Uh, what do you think about this guy's attitude towards Crosshair and clones in general? I mean, we kind of get this, you know, vibe from from him. Um, I, I think this is this new wave of Imperial officers that just, for whatever reason, don't like the clones. Uh, doesn't care about the clones at all, and uh, just he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, definitely a jerk. You know, he's sitting there with his helmet off, and the guy's like, you're out of uniform, officer, or clone. And he's like, dude, I'm just in here with my helmet off. And I, you know, technically he's right. But the guy, just the guy's attitude towards Crosshair. So he puts it back on, and they get on the ship, and they head to, uh, what was the name? I forget the name of the planet. But um, the Barton 4, yeah. I believe it's called. Barton 4. And uh, they arrive. It's a, it's a snow planet, right? At least it's winter there. Um, a lot of cold, snow, wind. Sounds pretty miserable. Miserable place to be. And they're greeted by Mayday. And uh, there's some other clones there under uh, this Imperial's command. And they, they go in. They start talking. There's a little kind of back and forth between Mayday and the Imperial. So... And it comes down to this guy's newbie, right? He's newly appointed probably when the Empire took control. Doesn't sound like he has any war experience. And so according to Mayday, uh, you know, experience trumps everything. And that that was kind of Captain Rex's thing in the Clone Wars, right? Him and Ahsoka had that conversation, um, a couple, you know, at the beginning and towards the end. That, you know, experience matters. And that's the the attitude the clones have in general is this, you know, if you've you've had this war experience, then you're you know what you're doing. And this guy doesn't know what he's doing, we find out. So uh as far as this this outpost, what'd you think of kind of this the um the shape it was in or like the the situation that these guys were in? What'd you think about that? It looked like a pretty tough situation. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's an ice planet or if it's just you know dead of winter, but the conditions are terrible. It looks like sensors are going to be severely inhibited by the the snow and the winds and all of that. And then you can tell right away that these clone troopers have had it rough. Yeah, their gears all patched together and they're wearing like <laughs> it looks like maybe all of them are bandaged up. Yeah, or it's just you know extra cloth trying to stay warm. Yeah, that's a good point. Was it they were trying to stay warm or holding their their uniform together or were they injured? Or, I, I think it's a mix of all three. Yeah, that, yeah. that they're well worn and um, kind of defeated. Um, Mayday says something about this when he's, the ship gets there. It's like, oh, you're only 36 rotations late. Yeah. 
So is that 36 months, 36 days, 36 weeks? What do you think? <laughs> uh -huh. I'm thinking um, rotation is either weeks or months. Yeah. Um, but it's 36 rotations, three years. These guys have been here since before Order 66. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's possible. Possible, but they wouldn't be guarding Stormtrooper armor necessarily, would they? Unless the whole Stormtrooper plan started way earlier than any of us, any of us thought, mm -hmm. and that's just a hint about it. Yeah, could be that. That only true nerds are going to pick up on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of. Uh, yeah, it could be months. I rotations like rotations. Of course, it does. It's different, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Months. Maybe it's a, a six month uh, orbit around the, that star. So you know, six yeah. months is a year to them. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I guess I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. I think we're getting a little too technical. <laughs> maybe it's just it's just dialogue. Yeah, it's just dialogue to show they've been there a while. Oh, so uh, there's oh. there's not a lot of troopers there. There's just three left. Yeah, and they're they're in a room, and there's there's clone trooper helmets all over the place. Mm -hmm. And Nolan asks, like, "Hey, where's the rest of your squad? How come you guys aren't doing your job?" And he's like, "This is my squad. Yeah, and we're all that's left." Mm -hmm. And then they start kind of discussing this threat. There's uh, some sort of. Uh, I don't know what you want to call them, rebel or bandit activity that's really putting pressure on this outpost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's taking its toll, right? They've, it sounds like they're the ones that are, have been killing off the clones, little, you know, one by one or however many. And so they're down to their last three. Mayday, what were the other two names? Uh, Vetch, Vetch and, and Hex. Hex. So... And it's interesting. That's one thing I've always liked about the Clone Wars, and you know, this so far in this show is the clones have numbers, but they have nicknames, right? They have names. They're not just faceless enemies. They have names, personalities, you know, all that stuff. So, and that's something the stormtroopers don't have. As we go along, we we see that. So, yeah, they're they're all unique individuals, even though they all kind of they, you know they started the same. They all trained together, but very quickly they they found uh, unique identities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they're like you said, their gear's all there, and um, Mayday decides to show Crosshair around and shine, show him the condition of the base, and that's when we learn about the Raiders and kind of their. How they're able to sneak past the outer defenses because the they're in disrepair, you know they haven't been taken care of because they haven't had the the materials to replace them or fix them, and so that's part of the problem is due to the Imperials' negligence, um, clone troopers are dying and the stuff is getting stolen, and but then this Imperial comes in and blames the clone troopers for not doing their job when it's clearly. They're doing the best they can and better than most would in that situation. So, and then while they're there, there's a, an attack, and uh, they come in. The raiders come in and blow up one of the shuttles, I believe, and they 
try to track them down and chase them and crosshair gets a good shot off on one of them but uh, they they all escape and they're they kind of see that oh they're coming in through this tunnel but we will we'll go back to the base first they decide to go to go track down the raiders and you know follow them through the tunnel there's a blood trail that they're able to locate and while they're in the tunnel they notice you know they're they're having a conversation and and crosshair makes a comment you know if you were injured i wouldn't you know bring you out or i don't I can't remember the exact phrase that he wouldn't you know carry him out of, of danger and so can, we kind of see crosshair's attitude here that he's had for quite some time you know this callous person you know just do the mission and if there's a casualty if my brothers fall that's that's too bad uh got to complete the mission um, do you think he really meant it at this time or like, where do you think he was at as far as that attitude goes right now? I don't think so. Um, I just, I think he's tired and, um, he's tired of the war. He's tired of being used. He's tired of death mm-hmm. and he's just like, you know, it's not bragging. It's just, it's, it's, I'm done. Um, if you get, injured i'm just gonna leave you behind i'm gonna finish the mission and then i'm gonna go do the next mission and the next <laughs> mission until i finally die yeah. um it's it's kind of a he's just resigns to this fate that um combat for him is never going to end the imperials don't care if he lives or dies and at some point his his number's up mm-hmm. okay yeah i didn't i didn't uh take that perspective but now that you mentioned i kind of see it because in one of the i think it was the first or second episode of the season we see crosshair in his room and he's sitting on his bed and at the end he just kind of he just he just seems depressed like he's like what am i doing here so i kind of now that you bring that up i see that moment and i see you know this is several missions later and the whole thing with cody and how that went down and how he's even more because before he was always at the top right so he's like well, yeah this kind of sucks but hey i'm the man and i'm able to complete right. all these missions and now he's not even that he's just another clone basically to the empire and so i yeah i can see that where he's just like he's just done he doesn't know what to do now because his friends him and his friends got in a big <laughs> fight i guess i could say they're trying to kill each other but uh you know he doesn't have his biggest support group that he's had for however many years and now he's stuck with all these guys and he likes the clones but the imperials whom he regularly associates with they're they don't care for him so i think i think he is in that spot it's kind of a depression or depressive state at least so yeah i can see that that's, that's a good point well and he's uh they've shown it several times right he goes gets his food sits down with other clones <laughs> yeah. and they get up and leave yeah. Yeah. Even those guys um, don't like him anymore. Right. And, and he's really alone and I think depression's probably it. Right. Um, he's lost his, his family, this, you know, the, the, the bad batch they're, they're gone. And probably he doesn't think that they would ever forgive him or allow him back. So that's not even an option to him. Um, because in his mind, you know, good soldiers follow orders and yeah. I'm following orders and they're doing their thing and they probably won't want me back. And he's, he's come to this spot where he's all by himself. Yeah. Rampart's probably dead. Mm-hmm. It was his only supporter. Um, and every Imperial he's worked for since is 
just kind of spit on him and yeah he's uh he's pretty down yeah he just doesn't have any connections or motivation in this current place he's in but he does kind of make friends with mayday and there's a res- at least a respect there right and i think that opens his eyes a little bit we see that throughout the rest of this episode um definitely later but as they come out, they're able of that tunnel. They're able to track down the raiders. They, you know, there's the thing with the the pressure mine, where Mayday shows him that um, hey, I'm not going to leave you behind. You are valuable. You're you're a person. You're important. So you know he's able to, you know, cross their steps on the pressure mine, and Mayday's like, okay, let's let's figure this out. Let's get you safe, and he kind of does his thing and tricks the mind to think that there's still pressure on it so it doesn't blow up and him and crosshair are able to get on you know past that and i think that really turned the tables for crosshair because if that hadn't happened or something similar hadn't happened then it's all just lip service right but with that that event that action mayday shows him that hey we're all in this together still you know you're still important you're part of my squad now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take care of you un- until this, you know, this is over and we're, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it does, it gets him thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he starts to think that, Hey, maybe this guy, me and this guy can weather the storm together, you know? So I don't, I don't, that's just a guess. There wasn't uh, anything particular, but that's just kind of, at least for the moment, they're in it together for sure. So they, they make their way to, you know, they follow the trail, make their way to the Raiders camp. It's like a cave thing with all the, the storage chests are in there. And, um, there's a whole bunch of them. There's more than I thought there would be. And, uh, but they decide, decide to take on the Raiders and try and get the stuff back they kill the the sentry guards and start to try to sneak in, but then they're discovered and there's a big shootout. And but they are able to initially get away with a bunch of the storage chests, and uh, before um, like an avalanche comes, right? But in the during that time, they realize what's in the chests, and when there, there was the reveal of the chests, what was in them? What do you think of kind of this whole the reason for? the you know the outpost in the first place it's geez almost broke my heart right mayday and his his whole squad they're almost all gone right because at this point mayday is the only one left and -hmm. they've died protecting armor yeah stormtrooper their replacements armor and and stormtrooper armor right um something that can easily be replaced yeah because you know the empire's got a whole planet making it someplace yeah and they've been stuck out here guarding it from raiders understaffed under equipped really for nothing just a, a total waste mm-hmm. yeah and it's kind of a emotional gut punch too to be like oh this is what it is um but yeah there there's an avalanche that comes and at the last minute again it's mayday right that pushes crosshair out of the way to kind of it doesn't really necessarily save him but keeps him from getting the brunt of it right of the big avalanche so Avalanche or Crosshair is able to dig himself out and dig out Mayday, and he's he's in bad shape. Um, and it's cold and it's dark, but it's over. It's like a couple of days, right? They they make their way back <clears throat> to the to the outpost. 
Crosshair is basically carrying uh, Mayday at this point because he's just so weak and injured. And here we have, you know, the the culmination of this interaction between Mayday and Crosshair where initially Crosshair's like, no, nah, I'd just leave you behind. And he doesn't. When it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, he, he doesn't. What do you think? How do you think that that transition happened? Or at least he's giving lip service to the idea, like, yeah, I wouldn't do that, to where he ends up at the end with carrying Mayday out of danger. Um, I think it all really started there with that that pressure mine, right? Because Mayday could have just left and yeah. Crosshair would have been dead. Mm -hmm. um, but he stayed and, and risked himself, really, right? Because if it didn't work, they're both dead. Um, but he stayed long enough to, to save Crosshair. And then, you know, he's like, Hey, you're part of my squad now. And, and I'm going to do everything I can to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And, and Crosshair's like, geez, this guy just literally just saved my life the day before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't, I can't leave him. Mm -hmm. How, how deep do you think that went? Do you think it went like, well, he saved me, so I got to save him. It's like, I got to do it. Or was it like he had a, a come to Jesus moment where he's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is my purpose now. I got to help, you know, I got to do something. How, uh, how deep do you think this change went for him? I think it went very deep. I, um, I think in that moment he remembered every mission he had with the rest of the batch. Um, and every time one of the other ones had saved one of, you know, each other. And says, like, this is what we did. For the longest time and it, it's only been these last few months where where my attitudes changed and, and i'm the the hardened one um i think it hit him really really hard and he's like this isn't i became someone that i didn't mean to be mm -hmm. okay and um and because of it i abandoned my true brothers and it got me nowhere mm -hmm. yeah and i think I think that's uh, not necessarily shown on screen in dialogue, but if you've ever been on a hike <laughs> in the wilderness, there's not a lot to do except think, right? You can look around the beautiful scenery. If you have a buddy, you talk to him here and there, but you're doing a lot of thinking. Like you're evaluating your current situation, past decisions. At least that's what I do. I don't know how other people, but you know, it's just great to get out in nature and stuff. And this, they hike, he hikes for two days carrying this guy um, back to the outpost. So I think while well, everything you said, he does that, all that goes through his mind and he just reminisces and thinks, ah, I've, you know, I've messed up. I got to make some changes. And this guy saved my life. I'm saving his life. You know, he wants to continue. He's worried that he's going to die before he can get back to the base to be able to get treatment and, you know, all his efforts would would have paid off. So I definitely think uh, he did have a change. If he, I think he started to have that change of heart uh, in his initial conversations with Mayday <clears throat> after the the pressure mine. But this two day hike back to the outpost was what really sealed the deal for him. Is it, I, I agree. Uh, um, yeah, he's got nothing but time to think. Mayday's barely conscious most of the time. Yeah, and so they're not really having a conversation. He's just thinking, mm -hmm. um, and he could have dropped him at any time, right? Yeah. Because Crosshair is getting weaker and weaker, mm -hmm. um, and he could have dropped him. Said, "Well, I, I got to save myself," but he's 
he's really reflected hard and is like, I'm going to save this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, like you said, this is my mission now is to save Mayday, um, to save my brother. He, he's, you know, he's a clone. We're literally brothers and I'm going to get him to safety, even if it possibly kills me in the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they make it back to the base, and when they arrive, the Empire has has shown up, and they're loading up the, the crates, the remaining crates, into their cargo ships. And uh, the Imperial guy's there, the commander. Is he a lieutenant? Is that what he is? Or Yeah, that's what I've written down. Yes, Lieutenant Nolan. Yeah. So the lieutenant's there. He's like, hey, you made it. What took you so long? Where's my stuff? He's, you know, again, being his, his uh, jerk self. And Crosshair's done. <laughs> He's at it. It's like, hey, I was freaking died. And this guy needs a this guy needs a medic. So they call for a med- he calls for a medic, but uh, he's like the lieutenant's like, nope, you know, leave him there. We're we're moving on. Just forget about it. And, and that triggered something in, in Crosshair. How do you think that uh, verbal conversation? triggered crosshair what do you think about that oh that just flipped a switch because like yeah. he just spent two days saving this guy he can you know if, with medical attention he, he's probably going to live without medical attention he's definitely going to die and this lieutenant just doesn't care he's yeah. just a used up piece of equipment and he's not going to spare um even one trooper to help crosshair and Knowing how long they were there, sitting on just equipment, not even anything that essential. Yeah. Um, so what's the rush all of a sudden to get this stuff offloaded? I mean, it's been here for 36 <laughs> cycles, 36 not, rotations. Not uh, longer. Right. And it just triggers crosshair. Um, and, and I was sitting there watching it thinking, like, just shoot him, just shoot him, just yeah. shoot him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, come on, just shoot him, crosshair. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. And then he does. And then he does. Even though I wanted it to happen, I was still surprised that it happened, right? Because he, he knows if that happens, he's done, right? Because there's witnesses, right? Yeah. It's not just the two of them out there. Yeah. There's witnesses. Yep. Uh, so and he's in pretty bad shape, and there's no way he's going to fight off all the rest of those stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. So knowing that... Uh, do you think he would have been executed right then? Or is it like... Okay, he committed murder of an officer, so we're gonna arrest him and try him type thing. What do you think? It was like he knew he knew the outcome. That do you think it was? I I want to get arrested, or I'm okay with getting arrested if I kill this guy. I think he was okay either way. Mm. Is uh, Mayday is gonna die now because they're not gonna help him. Mm-hmm. Um, he Nolan's the only officer that he knows of on, on this planet at this depot so nothing's going to change so he's going to get what he wants out of this he kills nolan that's you know final retribution for what's going to be mayday's death Mm -hmm. and then um he's like you know what happens happens um you have to i mean i i would guess that in the imperial um the imperial military that they always want to try them and execute them later versus on-the-spot execution because you can encourage others to avoid bad behavior that way. Oh, uh, yeah. You execute them in front of a whole battalion, and they're all like, oh, geez. Yeah. Um, you shoot them on the spot, his story's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then it gives more 
more of a story to tell everybody else. Say, look what this guy did, and this is what the result is. This is a result, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but like you said, I don't think it mattered either way. He was just done. And did you do you think he thought his journey was over, and he's willing to just give up, or not necessarily give up, but be okay with the journey that he's had and be done? I think so. Um, I think he was he was ready to be done because at this point, I don't <clears throat> believe like he doesn't believe that the rest of the batch is ever gonna forgive him and take yeah, him back. Right. He feels lost and and he's on his own and his story is written and he's going to go out the way he wants and if it's the ends, oh well, it's over. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that in even though he kills the guy in, I mean you can you can call it a murder, right? Which is pretty nefarious. Pretty. It's a it's hard thing to come back from. Uh, he still had a character change, even despite that. Um, we in that we hadn't seen that level of. I don't, I don't want to say what would you call it that he did. It's not compassion. It's not. It's righteous anger, probably. Right. Right. I'm I'm doing this because the universe demands it. It's the right thing to do. Um, I don't know. We hadn't really seen that level of justice from our i don't even know if that's the right word um what would you call his his state of mind or his thought process at this point oh geez um i i think a lot of things i mean one is like this lieutenant is going to get more troopers killed with his bad decisions yeah um if i shoot him now i'm saving troopers down the line um but he's also like in, in I think in his mind it was justice. It was justice for Mayday and the rest of his squad who died for zero reason. And uh, the last one could have been saved, but Nolan is callous and uh, he's everything that's wrong with the Empire. And uh, uh, Crosshair just has kind of, he snaps for a second. Mm -hmm. He's always been the most cold-blooded of the Bad Batch. Never hesitated to take a shot. Um and while the other ones might be using the uh, the blue donuts, uh, stunning everybody, he's using a sniper rifle and he's always taking headshots. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind so of his nature. It, it's a little bit in his nature, but at the same time, it's just it's the end of this. It's the end of of Crosshair 1.0. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and this is the decision for good or bad. Yep. All right, so then they they arrest him and knock him out, and he wakes up in this lab, talking to one of the scientists that's working on Tantus. We know it's Tantus; he doesn't know where he's at. And um, they there's they start they're gonna experiment on him. Is what I what I gather from that. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she makes some comments. Uh, what does she say? Um, it'll go easier for you if you cooperate. Yeah, yeah. And it's just pretty ominous. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the episode ends, right? Yeah, she injects him with something. Yeah, and then he passes out. I think it was even point of view. He's like his eyes closing, and then yeah. the episode ends. Yeah. And then we see some more stuff later. So I don't I don't want to get into that too much, but. Um, so 
speculation time. He's on Tantus. They're doing clone. They have cloning technology there. Um, they just brought in, or they they will soon bring in the. No, they just brought in the Zillow Beast, and that whole thing was to the clone the Zillow Beast to get its armor for, or to get its uh, its um, hide, I guess, or scales. For armor purposes, armament purposes. Do you think there's a connection between that and what they're going to do to Crosshair and these other clones or people that are there? I think the Zello Beast is just one cog in this big wheel of uh, of cloning ideas that they're having here. Um, I think there's a whole bunch of plans. None of them are good. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, that uh, very bad things are about to happen on, on Tantris. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Zilla Beast, I think, is just one one part of it. Okay. And I did notice last episode that there was multiple, it's like a mountain, right? But there's multiple, there's a couple mountains that they're um, living in, I guess. So maybe, you know, this mountain's for the Zilla Beast, this mountain's for the clones, and the experiment, you know, they're all separated that way, or, or not, but, you know, it's bigger than we think. Right. So, yeah, I think it's uh, much, much bigger than we think. Yeah. So I was speculating that maybe they're going to use the armament that they get from the Zilla Beast and outfit the, the clones, but that doesn't ex- explain why they're, like, messing with his mind and stuff, right? Unless, I don't know. They could create a super trooper type thing with impervious armor, invincible armor. I don't know. But like you said, they might be two different, two separate experiments, two separate departments. That they're related somehow, but they're you know not necessarily related that way. I speculate too that um, Dr. Hemlock knows about Crosshair and that he's... Um, not unique, but different, right? Yeah. He's an enhanced clone, so so his DNA is going to be a little bit different. And, and um, by using it, they might be able to unlock um, whatever it was that that the Kamen Owens did to just to make the Bad Batch Clone Force ninety nine a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because then you can tweak. Yeah, they obviously tweaked the DNA, right? They took the basic DNA and tweaked it, um, not just once, but five times. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what are what are the possibilities there? Yeah, so they're trying to figure that out for their end game to figure out something. You know, the next step, the next. So the bat, there's the bad batch, there's clones, there's Clone Force ninety nine, and then there's this, and they're trying to get to the next step, whatever that is. So, and they have to study Crosshair to figure out how to do that. Because they they lack the knowledge, like uh, <clears throat> uh, Lama Su says. You know, have all, you finally have all the equipment, but you don't have the knowledge to do anything with it. And that's where Nalase comes into play. Which makes me wonder if um, if the Kaminoans might have some sort of uh, organic memory circuits. So they keep referencing this... Um, the, the Kaminoans keep referencing that they have the technology, but they don't have the knowledge. Um, 
which made me think possibly that there's some sort of organic memory chip that the Kaminoans have. Uh, otherwise, couldn't they have just downloaded all the information they needed to, to, to make clones? Like, wouldn't it have been in the databanks? Yeah. But obviously it wasn't because they haven't been successful in their cloning uh, attempts. And there's, there's something missing, and the Kaminoans aren't giving it up easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, what is that missing piece? Because, yeah, it should be all there in the, the research, the, you know, the, the logs, the documents, all that stuff should be there. But were they, so were they purposely, purposefully holding something back? I think I remember something in the first season uh, before Camino got destroyed and, you know, some of the first episodes that they were talking about, oh, the Empire, you know, things are changing. We got to take, you know, we got to do something to prevent that, to make sure that they have to use us, that they have to you know, keep us around. So I think I, and that's probably where they took that step, whatever that step was, maybe could go back and watch those those episodes again and it make more sense now instead of just a passing phrase because there's there's something there's some sort of uh trademark or or hidden lore right uh, that revolves around cloning because it's only the kaminoans that do it yeah you would think surely by now some other race would have figured it out and would try to undercut them you know, they're they're selling a clone for ten thousand credits, and well, we're going to sell a clone for eight thousand credits, and we're going to jack them up on steroids too, so you get a better deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But there's there's something, something esoteric or or forbidden or, or um, extremely difficult about it mm-hmm. that they have this monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, they were, and Omega's part of that too, right? Because they right. all—they're trying to get her. They want to study her, or do something, but that hasn't been revealed. Other than she's the key. Um, she was referenced um, at least one episode, right, by other Kaminoans, maybe Lama Su, um, that she's uh, Nala Se's pet project. Uh huh. Yep. Um, so there's something, you know, uh, another evolutionary step, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got the, you know, fast forward to the last episode where we find out that Omega has a sister. You know, that one scientist is basically another clone. So what's the difference between her and Omega? And why can't they just use um, that person, that scientist? Uh, If she's even telling the truth, right? Yeah, that's true. Or, or, or do we have her all prepped and ready to lie and, and try to gain Omega's confidence Yeah. so that she's less of a problem? Yeah, it could be that. Or perhaps, you know how Clone Force 99 are, they're clones, but they're, you know, they're changed. So it could be she's just a regular clone at the level of regular clone. And then Omega is like the Clone Force 99 version of her where she's even more special. But what are her special abilities? We really don't know, right? We talked a few episodes ago about how maybe she's Force-sensitive. And then, well, maybe she's just like Hunter, where she can sense things. She's got that hypersensitivity or awareness to kind of pick up on things before they happen, which to me is Force, the Force, right? 
Um, that sure. would be a force ability. So maybe there's something to do with midichlorians in the, the Clone Force 99 and Omega. Um, but what is, we haven't really seen Omega's power or her ability that the others possess, right? No, I mean, other than she's she's extremely smart, she's a very fast learner. Um, so those are, I mean, to me, might be enhanced abilities, enhanced intelligence and, and ability to learn. Yeah. Um, because she's definitely well and above other, like, 10, 12-year-olds, how old she is. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, she picked up that energy bow in, you know, what, minutes, really. And and she can take accurate shots with it at a distance. Um, and she's, you know, learned to fly and, and slice and all other kinds of stuff. Um, mm. So she's quite smart. But other than that, no, we really haven't seen her abilities yet. Or, or we don't know why she's so special. Yeah. So I imagine we'd, we'll see that next season or, you know, at some point in the near future. they got to reveal why... The Empire wants her so bad why they did capture her and what that reason is and what are they, what are they going to do with it, right? I'm sure that's right. next season. Because that's the next step, right? She's uh, This season ends at the lab with her in the lab being captured. So they're going to start working on her, you know, start doing what they need to do. So and, I, and Hunter and Wrecker still don't know yeah. where they're at, right? Yeah, they don't know where to go, so... It's a big galaxy. Yep. Yeah, so I think we got some good things to look forward to. Um, hopefully it's next year. Not a year and a half, but... <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll keep talking about the Bad Batch. Uh, we still got four more episodes left for this season. Uh, the next episode is Pabu, I believe. Pabu, I think that's what it is. Yeah. My least favorite episode of the season, so uh, we'll go through that real quick, and then I'll move into we'll do a double review episode next time with episodes thirteen and fourteen. So, any final thoughts that you want to share before we wrap this up, Harry? Uh, I mean, other than I really enjoyed this episode, this is probably in my top one or two for this whole season. Well, um, I have not liked. Um, crosshair not in season one and, <laughs> and up till this point not really in season two and um i've had many many discussions with my daughter about that because um, she's very much a uh, um a supporter of crosshair oh really from the beginning or just now? from the beginning she's okay. just there's something about him she likes and and she feels like his story hasn't been told and that he's better than 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 i think is what she keeps telling on me and so this episode like you know of course got her to say told you so (laughs) yeah Uh, um but it's real character development which is super cool yeah um he 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 changed a lot and um didn't follow orders there at the end right yeah um so it was uh uh, this was a a solid a episode for me Mm mm-hmm would you say that Crosshair has had the biggest character development of all the Bad Batch up to this point? Up to I this episode? So. I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, Echoes was very, very limited. Um, tech was solid coming in, and there wasn't much to make him better. Yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, him going back to Rex was uh, an easy choice, I think. Yeah. 
um, because he feels like he's got a bigger part to play in the entire saga. Um, Hunter has just been kind of sliding along. haven't really seen anything. Um, yeah, that, that I'm record. surprised about. Not, Yeah, I was hoping for more because I really like Hunter. He was been my favorite since the Clone Wars when I first saw him. Yeah, he's the leader, right? He, yeah. Anyways, right. Wrecker. Not much from Wrecker either. I mean, he, he's not as. He really bothered me at the beginning because he was just so dumb <laughs> and always getting into trouble. Yeah. Um, but um, so there's been some, yeah, some development with him where he's not quite as dumb and. Uh, I mean, he is this big giant teddy bear, right? Yeah. Um, he he loves Omega, and he'll do any, anything to protect her. Hmm. Um, he's a great guy, but not a lot of developments. Yeah, I think and with him, here, him and Hunter, sorry. they we saw that we saw their development in the first season, but it wasn't much uh, compared to what we saw in Crosshair this this season. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been. Uh, really cool seeing this this story arc and his character development over these couple of episodes because it's happened over several right yeah um the there's as as he's sunk into this pit of depression and realized how alone he is and and yeah. made that his that fateful choice to shoot lieutenant nolan which was awesome <laughs> yeah yep yeah good stuff so uh, I had hoped that Crosshair would go down that path, but I, as the first season went on, it's like, oh, he's going to change, he's going to change, and then he, towards the end of the season, when at that, when they were on um, Camino, when they left him there, it's like, yeah, he's he's done, he's he's not part of the group anymore. He's had his chance to to make amends, and it didn't happen. So I kind of gave up on him. The little hope that I did have, I kind of gave up, gave up on it. Like, yeah, he's. He's going to be the villain throughout the rest of the series, and uh, maybe he'll die a heroic death to save his brothers. But you know, he's going to be the the antagonist throughout the whole thing, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore. So, surprising for me. So, kudos to Sam for calling it. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, yep, I had to eat crow there because <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, the best he's going to get is a heroic death, saving them at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it will be like so last minute. You're like, yeah. really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. Like, where'd that come from? Uh, and maybe even after he shot one of them because good yeah. soldiers follow orders. You know, yeah. I was just, so yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was a refreshing episode and it was just really well written and a, a tight story. Yep. Agreed. So thanks everyone for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast as we talk about the Bad Batch season two. I will be back, like I said, with the next episode of Pabu and the one after that, <laughs> episode 14. Um, do you have that written down, what that one's called? I was just looking for it because I had the list, and now I can't find it. Okay. Yeah. But we'll be talking episodes 13 and 14, and we'll get more into it. And so thanks, guys, for joining us, and may the Force be with you. May the Force, force be with you always.